I'll tell you what. This is the Rich Eisen Show. You want to run it back? Let's run it back. Fernando with his second of the night off of Bauer. Hitches his giddy up round in third and then does the Trevor Bauer strut. I like it. And then he tweets out later on. You know, like a 12 minute hey, if you YouTube want, video. Right, if, you yeah. want, if you want the signs, just ask. The Rich Eisen Show. Today's guests. NFL Network Analyst Steve Smith Sr. NFL Network Analyst Daniel Jeremiah. Ravens Head Coach John Harbaugh. North Dakota State Quarterback Trey Lance. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Well, hey everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, Live in Los Angeles, California. We're alive. And I've been told that's not a guarantee. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's something to celebrate i can't believe that's how you start why not <laughs> wow. it's draft week and we got the sound bite of the year already yeah thank you Here we go. that's right <laughs> thanks bill walton <laughs> welcome to the rich eisen show it's a tuesday at draft week 48 hours until the jacksonville jaguars are put on the clock in cleveland ohio and once again we've got a stacked lineup to talk about the uh non-playing season super bowl in which we could potentially have, for the first time ever, four quarterbacks taken atop the NFL draft. And in so doing, we would have, with the Jets choosing a quarterback second overall, the first time a team has ever chosen a quarterback in the top three picks of an NFL draft just four years apart. So there's that. And then you would have maybe back-to-back-to-back quarterbacks for just the third time in the common draft era and the first time since Couch, McNabb, and Achilles Smith went off the board in 1999. And then we could potentially have quarterback, 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 sort of like Oprah giving away cars in Cleveland, Ohio, in the form of top prospect quarterbacks for the first time ever. That's entirely possible. And on this show, Trey Lance will join us. The guy, the man of the hour, potentially in San Francisco, Potentially in Atlanta, potentially in Denver. Who knows? Carolina. That's that state next to New Jersey. Maybe in Detroit. Maybe in the state of Michigan. Who the hell knows if this kid drops? And I've never spoken to him. I've heard nothing but amazing things about him. He will join us at the top of the third hour. Don't miss it. John Harbaugh is going to join us right in the middle of the show because basically smoke him if you got him there in Baltimore. They're 27th on the clock Thursday night. For some reason, Lamar Jackson's fifth-year option has not been picked up yet as we're talking. Mm -hmm. I'm not stirring anything up. I'm just pointing out facts. Can't wait to talk to John Harbaugh in Charm City. Daniel Jeremiah will be our first guest in the second hour, just one hour from now. The guy who is evaluating all the talent on behalf of NFL Network. He will be sitting on the end of the set doing picks one through 259. From the Jacksonville Jaguars first overall to Mr. Irrelevant, chosen by the defending Super Bowl champs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers own pick 259 in this year's draft. DJ will be with me the entire time. And um, he will join us top of the second hour. And Steve Smith will be first up in 17 minutes. Steve is part of the NFL Network draft coverage as well. He is going to be heading to Cleveland today, just like I will be. And Steve will give us his two cents on the wide receiver class. Jamar Chase expected to go in the top 10. What about the two Alabama kids, Devontae Smith, the uh, the Heisman Trophy winner, or Jalen Waddell? Got that working here. So there's lots to talk about on this show. 
Let's get to it, shall we? Because it's all about the San Francisco 49ers right now. All about the NFC champions from just two years ago who understands the value of moving up into the top of the NFL draft when they were already second overall a couple of years ago. They choose Nick Bosa, and then just a few months later, they're playing in the Super Bowl. And Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback in that Super Bowl. And now, two years later, they move from 12 all the way to 3 to select a quarterback. That's what they're going to do. We know that for a fact. I am not eating a sweatshirt (laughs) that has been unwashed because it's been sitting in the, uh, if you will, small of a man's back while he is driving around a food delivery truck in Oshkosh, (laughs) Wisconsin, as he called in a few weeks ago. I mean, I hope for your sake. It's going to be a quarterback, and let's focus on that subject matter. (laughs) Because the 49ers held a pre-draft press conference yesterday. All teams do it. General manager and coach usually meets with the press right before the draft. It is a tradition, and thank God it's a tradition, because it is an absolute masterclass in saying nothing and giving away nothing. But Kyle Shanahan has been just absolutely hooked up on sodium pentothal, telling the truth this entire time. Can't help himself. This is his second press conference he's held since the draft trade from 12 to 3. The 49ers moving up to 3, giving away a ton of draft capital, first-round picks in the next two-year draft, uh, two years of the NFL draft. And honestly, it's like meet the parents. He's on that he's on that um that lie detector machine and he's just spitting truth. And let's get to it. Because it all culminates in the soundbite of the year. And one of the draft sound bites we'll be hearing forevermore. And the most important part about this pre draft press conference, like I said, all teams do it. This one is particularly important for the 49ers. Because anybody who lives in the Bay Area knows. And anybody who knows anybody who lives in the Bay Area knows. San Francisco 49er fans are freaking out about Mac Jones being potentially the guy who Kyle Shanahan thinks is the option. And the reason for that is because nobody from all the way of his entire career of arriving in Alabama to the Senior Bowl and all the way through it thought that Mac Jones was one of the top quarterback prospects available. Sure, first-round grade, but trade all of that draft capital up to go get that kid? Nobody was saying that. Nobody was saying it, and that's what fans listen to. Fans hear it. They might be totally misinformed about it. Kyle Shanahan probably knows more in just the tip of his pinky about football and quarterbacking than most everybody who's freaking out in the Bay Area about Mac Jones being the choice. So... This press conference was very important. And if anybody watched it from beginning to end, it was basically a public relations session to talk to the fan base and say, we got this. Right. We got this. So we got this. Here is Kyle Shanahan first up talking about, if you will, turning off all the noise and all the social media that has been flipping out about Mac Jones. I've seen the look of people's face when they do read social media. I know how I've felt when I've done it after a bad loss or something or after a good win. Like, whatever it is, it's completely inflated past reality. And I hope that 
any human nature if you get involved in that. I don't care who you are, whether you're a football coach, a GM, a high school kid, anybody. If you get involved in that, it will affect how you are, how you think, and what you do. And I hope people are, and that will affect me if I got really involved in that. What I can promise people that you have two people who make sure we don't get involved in that because that is so irresponsible to let something like that affect your decision. We do this for a living, and I think people should be proud of us that we won't let that affect our decision. Um, and then it's up to us to live with the consequences. All right, so at, uh, at uh, Joe Montana's face with the egg avatar, <laughs> you're, not, uh, you're not being listened to. Also, Shanahan saying he reads Twitter uh, after a tough loss or a big win. Does the 49ers coach have a burner account? Somebody just hand him the phone and say, look what they're saying, coach? Or he's just like, give me Twitter. Let me see what's going on. I mean, there is no official Kyle Shanahan. The fact that he is basically uh, saying, yeah, I check Twitter sometimes after a big win or or a loss. I love it. Honestly. It's like meet the parents. He's hooked up to a uh, he's hooked up to a machine that's absolutely a lie detector. Then so again, they got this. That's the general thing, you know. We got it. Met, what's that old George W. Bush sort of um, uh, uh, SNL or George or George H. W. Bush message? We got this. Message, we hear you, We got, but we've got this. Here's Shanahan now <laughs> on the, the question of the hour. The old $64,000 question, but now on this generation, the millions and millions of dollars of questions. Do you know who you're choosing third overall? And if so, why don't you just come out and say it, make our lives that much easier, and also... Did you know all along who it's been? How do you trade all the way up without knowing for sure and then grind some tape? What's going on, Kyle? You know, when we made this decision, we, we knew that there were, there were five guys that we thought, we felt that we'd be okay with taking. Um, you know, we knew that there was three at the time exactly. That's why we thought three was a good spot to go to. After going through this whole process, I feel good about five guys at three. Um, yeah, we had a guy probably at first back then, but we knew that wasn't set in stone, and we knew the only way we could figure out a little bit more, especially when you can't work out, guys, you can't uh, meet with these people. There's a lot of things you can't do this year. Um, the only way we could go off that is if we got closer to where we could do a little more in-depth thing that we didn't have to hide, and we did. And in that time, I think every candidate's gotten stronger. And, yeah, we probably started with one in mind, but – um, that one's gotten better since, and so have all the other candidates. Um, so do we know exactly who we want? Maybe, probably, but maybe not. I, I, don't, feel like, I don't feel like we need to say that, and that's not just for our case, but, like, you know, lots of stuff happens between now and the draft, and I don't, you don't want the whole league knowing exactly what you're set on four days before the draft. Um, and we also care about a lot of people that have been involved in this. I mean, we got to know a lot of people and stuff, and... Um, those are the type of questions like narrowing it down or who's been eliminated or things like that, that one, I don't know if I want the league to know. I don't think it necessarily helps. Um, and that's why we really, no one's really going to know whether we know or not until we pick. And that's kind of what we're comfortable keeping it at. Love it. Love all of it. 
Everybody's gotten better. The only thing that the meet the parents lie detector machine would actually start moving up and down on is that they thought that there were five quarterbacks that they could choose at three. No, 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 no. Yeah. Right. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. Okay. Nope. Nope. Urban Meyer's not coming off the set of Fox to just roll the dice on somebody not named Trevor Lawrence. Now, when they were making this trade, Zach Wilson's pro day had yet to hit. And the general sense of things, which is how we pay attention to stuff, didn't spit out Zach Wilson as a definite for the Jets. So maybe Zach would have been one of those quarterbacks too. But other than that, this is a fact. Why does he need to share with anybody? He would never do that. What's the point of doing that? Because as he points out, there's other people in this process you don't want to offend. Now, obviously, they will be offended that their name isn't spat out or their agent's might be offended that their client's name is not spat out by the commissioner on Thursday night, but that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Why come out now and say it? Certainly if in the real world of the draft, somebody could go absolutely nuts and give them all their first round picks back, which would be an insane reversal, but who the hell knows? What if somebody offers like a Ditka for Ricky Williams draft to John Lynch and all of a sudden, hey, Kyle, let's we got to have a... Let's well, let's meet at Jed York's office. Im- impossible, of course not. Unlikely, absolutely. What if they come out and they say that this kid uh, is our pick, and that kid all of a sudden says, "Yeah, I don't want to play football. Life's changed in forty-eight hours." Then what? <laughs> then yeah, your draft yeah, like- choice is actually like choice B, and you've confirmed it. <laughs> impossible? No. Unlikely? Absolutely. Yeah, I- but you can't do that because nothing's certain in life. As Kyle Shanahan then pointed out in this last soundbite that has gone across the world, because this is up there with we are who we thought they were, and this is up there with you play to win the game. This will be played forevermore when it comes to NFL draft questions involving quarterbacks that are on the roster. And a team is about to choose a quarterback in the draft. This is absolutely something that should be framed as an NFT and put in the Louvre. Roll it. Can you say with certainty that Jimmy Garoppolo will be on the roster on Sunday? Um, I can't guarantee that anybody in the world will be alive Sunday. So I can't guarantee who will be on our roster on Sunday. Um, So that goes for all of us. (laughs) So that goes for all of us. What? Matt Leinert will be next. Coach, thanks. Yeah, exactly. So go ahead and, and hit it, Mr. Feller. What were they really thinking? What were they really thinking? Here's what Kyle Shanahan was really thinking in that question, in that response. Here's what he was really thinking. I'm not answering that question. What, are you going to box me in on Jimmy G before I actually choose the quarterback? I'm not going to do that. And as a matter of fact, you know what? I've been very honest throughout this entire process, and all I'm getting is second-guessing. I understand, you know, what happened in the Super Bowl a few years ago. I understand what happened in the Super Bowl in Atlanta. I understand that. But have you not seen my body of work here in San Francisco so far? Have you not seen what I can do with a scheme? Have you not? Do you know who I am? (laughs) How come in New England, I know he's got all those rings, it's in Bill we trust. Where's the in Kyle we trust? Where's the in Kyle we trust? I've got this. And if it's Mac Jones, it's Mac friggin' Jones.
because I have got this. That's what he was really thinking. <laughs> but he can't say it. Yeah, exactly. So it comes out with, well, anybody could die right now. You could walk out of here and get hit by a truck. Oh, baby, this is going to be amazing over the next 48 hours and on Thursday night when the Niners are on the clock. And Kyle Shanahan has just absolutely been a breath of fresh air. I know people might think he's arrogant. I know people might think something or other about him, but I have thoroughly enjoyed every word out of his mouth over his last two press conferences because he's been aggressive he came up with an idea and he got it done. Along with John Lynch and Jed York, they're aggressive. And as he pointed out in his second soundbite, they will deal with the consequences. But he's fully confident he's got this. And hey, Niner Nation, what were they really thinking? This is what he was really <laughs> thinking, Kyle Shanahan, but he would never say it. You want Tom Sula back? <laughs> you want to bring Chip Kelly in here? Huh? Oh, come on. Seriously. Tom Sula, though? How quickly we forget. I've got this. Yeah. Oh, man. I suck. Steve Smith's coming up next right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Daniel Jeremiah, John Harbaugh, and Trey Lance. We'll try and kick the tires to see who he's spoken to in addition to San Francisco. Maybe I'll do you a favor and bring up the Patriots, Chris. That'll be our, Please do. our number three first up. Oh, baby, I love draft week. Oh, man. (laughs) That's how we're rolling right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Phil Mickelson, Xander Shoffley, John Rahm, they all know how to hit that white ball, and they know how to make birdies, and they know that Callaway Chrome Soft golf ball is the best on the tour. And it's not just the best on tour. It's the best on the planet. Because Callaway doesn't just make a better ball for tour players. They make a better tour ball for everyone. Whether you're a pro, a low handicapper, or a weekend warrior, I'm somewhere in between that trying my best. If you want the best performing tour ball, there's a new Chrome Soft for you. I can tell the difference. All right? And I'm an 18 handicap, getting a little better, hopefully. The original Chrome Soft is Callaway's number one selling tour ball. Most golfers love the combination of incredible distance, soft feel, and short game control. There's Callaway's number one ball, number one ball on tour, which is the Chrome Soft X. And then there's the new Chrome Soft XLS. That's Callaway's longest tour ball. Low spin profile, max distance off the tee, short game spin that's tour level. Chrome Soft isn't just better. It's better for everyone. Find your Chrome Soft today at CallawayGolf.com slash Chrome Soft. Steve Smith, when we come back. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, 
helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests were is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed this is the Rich Eisen Show. Let's start with Bobby Boucher, and we'll put our own uh, Rich Eisen Show draft pro- profile up. Boucher primarily lines up as an off-the-ball linebacker. However, they will use him off the edge in some obvious passing situations. Against the run, he's very aggressive to fill and attack blockers. Doesn't use his hands to shed, preferring to simply lower his shoulder and power through blocks. <laughs> Has the range to make plays sideline to sideline. He's an outstanding blitzer, showing timing burst and a violent finish. Yep. He will need to abandon the drop kick at the next level. Uh, I don't <laughs> see him being the primary signal caller or communicator, but his play instincts are in, are exceptional. Overall, Boucher plays a lot bigger than his size. Should be an immediate impact player on day one. Wow. wow. Interesting. Moving on to Johnny Utah. Uh, quarterback yep. of the Ohio State University. Utah's a wild card in this draft. Doesn't have a lot of film. Has average athleticism and an awkward three-quarter left-handed delivery. His best traits are his toughness and competitiveness. Yeah. Never gives up on a play. He'll fight for every yard as a runner. He's a little too high on the board for me right now. Okay. He's got to go down. It's got to be that way. <laughs> uh, I would consider hiring him after his playing days are over. He okay. could have a long career associated with the game. Either an outstanding coach, a prominent scout, or a special agent. Okay, next up, uh, Willie Beeman, quarterback, University of Houston. Sure. Beeman, a little bit of a late bloomer. He's originally a seventh-round pick, bounced around to four different teams. Uh, he's since settled in and emerged as a dangerous playmaker as both a passer and a runner. He's at his best when the play breaks down, using that athleticism to extend plays while keeping his eyes downfield. His immaturity is an issue, and I believe there is something to the rumors about his poor relationship with his star running back. Uh, I think it's important for his coaches to understand how to best use his skill set. The lack of RPOs is a major mistake. Uh, he'll excel in the right system and should emerge as the best player in the league. He's my number one player. Wow! wow. Last one, uh, I'll be honest with you, uh, I'm partial. One of the greatest kick returners I've ever seen from uh, Alabama, Forrest Gump. Gump is a dynamic kick returner for the Crimson Tide. He's made an impact in plays in every game that I've studied. Uh, he's the definition of straight line fast. Lacks elusiveness and makes missability, but it doesn't seem to matter. He gets up to top speed immediately and destroys pursuit angles. I'd like to see him involved in the offense because I believe his speed would play well on jet sweeps, reverses, and vertical takeoff routes. Uh, the trainers told me that he's had some durability issues as a young kid, but they haven't had any issues at Alabama. The head coach worries about his ability to learn and grasp concepts. He even actually referred to him as a stupid SOB when he was talking to me. Uh, right. I wouldn't be ping-ponging him back and forth in nice. positions. Uh, he'll be a good soldier, provided you surround him with a good lieutenant. 
and I'd be shot in the butt to draft it again. <laughs> Wow. Jeremiah. Well, this done. is why we DJ. called you, DJ. Oh, DJ is one of the best in the business. Can't wait to be with him on draft night and throughout the draft. And, of course, in hour number two, back on the Rich Eisen Show. Part of NFL Network's draft coverage is one of my favorites that I've gotten a chance to know and work with. And with all the talk about the quarterback class, we forget about that three you know, 30%, three-tenths of the uh, top 10 could be wide receivers. Could have three quarterbacks and three wide receivers possibly in the top 10 to talk about that and uh, everything about the NFL draft before he heads off to Cleveland be part of NFL Network's draft coverage is Steve Smith Sr. How are you, sir? What's going on? I mean, that's a setup to be able to follow DJ on that one. Well, <laughs> look, we had him on in November to break down uh, the best uh, football player uh, on film. Uh, and, you know, he nailed it. Um, so, yes, he did. And I just wanted to play that just to let everyone know that he's ready for draft week, too. So, Man, I, I, was, I was listening, and at first I was like, who? And then I started to follow on. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, when he hit it with the Willie Beeman, I was like, <laughs> I'm looking through my paperwork. I'm missing him. <laughs> yeah, his comp, uh, Willie Beeman's comp is uh, Jamie Foxx. So uh, that's yeah, his comp. Yeah. <laughs> he looks just like Jamie. It's kind of crazy. Um, so let's get into the wide receiver uh, conversation with you, Steve. Mm-hmm. And let's start with the defend with the Heisman Trophy winner that's in this group, uh, Devontae Smith. And the conversation yeah. about him is his weight being a buck 66 yeah. and whether that automatically discounts him from being drafted in the top 10 I'd mm-hmm. love to give you the floor on this subject matter. You you know that's interesting and uh I I, I kind of feel bad for him, you know, because this process until somebody actually picks him, that's the purpose of this process of is t to debunk and also just kind of bring forth the, the, the strengths, the weaknesses, and really with the summarization or summary of uh, of Devontae Smith, the one thing that I'm looking at that, you know, he may not want to look at and hear that is his size. And, of course, a guy in my stature, they're going, well, how can you say size? Well, there's a difference between size and build. And I think what people are looking at is – is Devontae Smith's build and his build when and when I'm talking about build I'm talking about you know you look at a guy like um uh Elijah Moore 59 you know he's 180 190 right and looking at some of the things that other guys are doing 59 Jalen Waddle 59 180 right and then you're looking at some uh, some of these other guys Nicole uh, Nico Collins, six four two fifteen. Well, why does that all play into into what's going on? Well, when you're going to draft possibly in the top six, he can go anywhere from one through six, and, and possibly if six or seven doesn't pick him, he can drop even lower into the 15s and 20s. And here's why. What position has he played primarily in college? He's played in a position where he's moved around a lot, right? And when you move around a guy a lot – especially in college, there is a learning that you have to adapt to, a, learn, a learning curve. And in that learning curve, if you're already uh, what we call or, you know, what, what 
adults call or, or parents, you know, hey, I got I got one kid that's light in the pants. Well, if you're playing football and you're a fist fight in a phone booth, that's what DBs and, and, and wide receivers do on that island on the outside pressed up. You got to be able to take one and give one. And when I look at his stature and I look at him, I look at his glutes down to his cankles. It ain't a lot of meat back there. It's not, it's not, it's not thick. He's fast. But what is going to happen when he's going against a Jalen Ramsey who's two, six, two, uh, six feet, 200 something pounds? And you 166 pounds and a dude is 215 benching 225, 25 times and he hits you one good time and your little small uh, shoulder pads come unbuckled because the only thing holding it up is sweat. That's gonna that's gonna wear on you, and then over seven seventy seven plays that o- over time. Now, if he plays in a Z where he's on playing with a Z with the tight end, he's off the ball, so they can put him in motion. But if he's in the X stationary stand, and he has no motion to get him free, he just has to be able to beat the corner one on one, create his own play. Yes, he did it in college. Hooray! That's great. But can't, that doesn't guarantee the carryover in the National Football League. And I think that's what teams are looking at. That's why teams have a legitimate question. And he has the opportunity wherever he goes. He gets however long he gets to play, he gets a legitimate opportunity to prove all the people like myself and you and everyone else that says maybe he may have been too light at 20-something years old, which is the case. But he can grow into his body. How much? how thick and how big he will grow into his body will ultimately be up to him and the weight and the, and the strength of coaching staff or whatever organization he goes to. But it is a legitimate question when you're handing out a couple of millions of dollars. Five nine, you were coming out of Utah. Did you have questions about your size? Absolutely. You had questions. Five, nine, 176 pounds. Of course. I'm also, I, I haven't gotten taller. However, 5'9", 197. At the height of when I was lifting and started to get in lifting, I was about 205, 202. And guess that was the year that I I actually tore my hamstrings three times, right? Because my body frame could not sustain that much weight. Mm. So my ideal weight was about 195. And I was strong enough, and my body could sustain it. And how I know, even at 42, when I'm a little heavy around, like most people, Thanksgiving, Christmas, right? When I'm a little heavy, first thing goes, starts to let me know that I'm heavy is my back. And when my back starts to get tight when I'm doing the regular stuff, that's when I know I'm getting too heavy. That's just knowing my body. My body, is when I was playing, was at perfect strength, speed, and, and endurance and durability about 195 and 197. If I got below 195 or I got above 197, my body started to talk to me. Tightening of hamstrings, quad, growing, hip flexors, all of those things did that. And that's, the, that's why you get paid millions of dollars and you're considered a professional athlete, high octane, to be able to know how your body can operate and what fuel you need to f- fuel up this expensive engine. So what you're saying is normally an, uh, a team's coach, uh, general manager, and maybe owner gets on the phone with a prospect before they draft him saying, are you ready to join this team? You're saying that whoever drafts Devontae Smith, it could be the strength and conditioning coach that gets on first saying, are you ready? 
I mean, like literally, that's what you're saying. <laughs> no, nah, I don't think that'll happen. But I know that'll be the first or second person he meets once he's in a facility. They are gonna have to see what he does well, what he doesn't, because you you notice in all this stuff, he didn't bench, he didn't do this, he didn't do that because of those question marks. Smart on his part, but eventually you're gonna have to get in the weight room. They're gonna be, they're gonna need to see what you can and can't what you can and can't do. And, and, and I didn't lift a ton of weights. I used a lot of body weights. I did a lot of my workout regiment with a weight vest on. So I wasn't huge into the lifting weights because back in the day, you know, in eighties and nineties, what they say, if you, if you lift weights too early, you stunt your growth. Well, you know, I'm on a low man uh, chart. So I didn't want to stunt the growth that I was going to receive. So I didn't lift weights, but as I got older and I got with, with the team, I got my own uh, trainer. I started to figure out how I can lift a lot of body weight, a lot of weight vest to get me strong, to be powerful, but not making myself so bulky that I lost mobility and became stiff in my hips and my joints. Steve Smith senior here on the rich Eisen show. Um, so Jamar chase is the consensus best receiver on the board. If you're the, Bengals, do you reunite him with um, with Joe Burrow, or do you get Burrow the protection no. at the tackle position? You, you get Joe, you get Burrow's the protection. He's recovering from a knee injury. No quarterback can throw the ball efficiently and comfortably, especially after you just got your knee taken out and you got surgery. If you don't uh, protect him, you got to protect him. You see what the what the Chiefs did? They decided, hey, let me go ahead and trade. For a guy who doesn't want to be on the team, we need a left tackle. Our left tackle, um, Mike Grimmers, couldn't block a shadow. And, and that's why, you know, Patrick Mahomes was running 400 and something yards, not advancing the football, but just ripping and running around the field just to save his life so he could be a dad before his daughter's born. So, you know, just, just little things like that. Oh, I'm getting in rare form. You're ready to go. Here I stop. Wow. I like it. I'm ready for Steve Smith, part of our draft coverage. So how special is Chase then? What do you think of him? I think they're, I think he's fantastic. There's a lot of wide receivers in this draft that are fantastic. I've never seen an off, I've never seen a draft thus far that you're talking about the first out of the first graded 50 players. I mean, 16 or 17 of those players are going to be offensive players. Some of the defensive players in Nashville, the last time we were all together, all those guys that were drafted in the first round defensively, man, these guys would not be drafted in a position they were drafted in this year's draft because it's so heavily offensive-minded players and ecstatic. So I think what I really love, all these big, rangy, tall, stiff, Six three, six two, two hundred and ten, two hundred and twelve pounds. Man, those guys are going to be so far back. I love the fact that you got Elijah Moore from Ole Miss, five nine, right? You got some guys that are barely six feet. Uh, Jalen Waddle, he's five nine. Like all these guys are little guys that are going to go out there and make so many plays. And I'm excited. The six ones, the Josh, uh, Josh Palmer, heck of a wide receiver for Tennessee. He's going to be down there uh, in, in in the third and fourth round because mm. you just got so many young, speedy, athletic, shifty, difference-making playmakers uh, that are 
below six feet, and I'm excited to see you know see that. So, Steve Smith is Kyle Pitts the best receiver in the draft? He is a tight end, darn it. He is a tight end. <laughs> and okay. Yes. So, so. And yes, that's a bad man. Goodness <laughs> gracious. I, I listen. Guys like that, like Gronk, uh, you know, other guys in the league, tight end, Kelsey. Man, those guys just take other passes away from, from wide receivers. But those guys in there rightfully so, they're, they're difference makers. And they you have to account for them in the pass game. And he obviously get with a team that will improve his uh, blocking skills. But really, he's a threat in the passing game, and that's all you need to know. So who's the Justin Jefferson, you think, in this draft? Who could be the kid, the kid taken bottom half of the first round in the 20s um, who has a chance to just be so dynamite that he's the offensive rookie of the year? Who do you got for me on I that? think I like Elijah Moore. I think he can be. But I, I think also, too, Rich, you, you would agree, hopefully, is and if you go to the right team, and that makes the biggest difference. Right, because if you go to a team that just doesn't have the understanding of what type of player you are, you it can start your growth big time. So having a right team that understands how they should look at a player, just because he's the best available, he has to be best available in your system. Because if you're just grabbing a player because he's the best available and you don't know what to do with him, that that's just not good ball. That's that's just not smart drafting. That's that's no direction, and that's what gets teams in trouble, like the Jets, like the Bengals in the past, where you're just grabbing a guy because his 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 forty time is awesome, but he can't catch a cold, he can't run good routes, and you don't have a really good system to uh, really enhance what what his pros are and and to limit what he doesn't do well. So outside of the Chiefs, uh, who's got that system that you think would just be any receiver goes there, they'll be lucky. What do you got for me on that? Ooh. You know, I, I mean, if if the 49ers get their stuff together, I mean, if they can add another guy in the rough like that go to match with uh, Debo and Ayuk. With Debo Samuels and Ayuk. And, I mean, that's the team. There's a what, – what happens if, if – if the Vikings actually get their stuff together, what what about Carson Wentz? You know, if he's together and they got this dynamic run game going and all of a sudden they got this young class of receivers who could, who now you add another one or a tight end or somebody, they can get going. There's a lot of teams out there that can you just, how fast can they get things together? Mm. When you say get things together for the Vikings, is that, a, is that code for Cousins? Is that what that means, Steve? No, I, I think Cut. I think Cousins hasn't been getting a fair shake. Okay. Cousins has done a great job. He, you know, he's up there in the upper 70s and completion, but the defense has really let them down. Um, Cousins won a playoff game, and everybody just kind of went, went quiet. Nobody said anything. So I think he's been – I'm just talking about collectively how the, de- how the Vikings are. Defensively, they were not the team that we expected them to be. And they're and, – and, Cousins was doing his was doing his job, but the defense, you know, left him hanging at times. So before I let you go, Steve, you know, earlier this week I said, you know, Matt Ryan's going to be a nervous guy this week. Certainly on Thursday night, seeing what the Falcons are going to do, and 
you know, I asked Carson Palmer what's going through his mind. You th- in, in Palmer gave us a, a great read of what could be going through Matt Ryan's mind. I'd love to ask you with the report that teams are calling to see if Julio Jones is going to be uh, acquirable because he's a mm-hmm. salary cap casualty and Ryan might be there and they could draft pits. They could actually take mm-hmm. a quarter. What, what do you think is going through Julio Jones's mind right now, Steve Smith? Well, it's a new, it's a new general manager, a new head coach. They've obviously had a conversation, hopefully, <laughs> you know, a number of conversations, and they probably presented this to him. And maybe he, you know, and they let him know. He let they let him know, or he let them know that he, you know, he wants to move on. And that's what that's what's on the table. Uh, I don't really know. It just depends on what teams are kind of interested, unless to to really know how in, in, excited he is. Matt Ryan won't be replaced this year, but I would tell you this. The Atlanta Falcons need to get a quarterback hmm. at some point because here's why. Look at the quarterbacks that are available in 2022. Mitch Trubisky, Marcus Mariota, my main man, Ryan Fitzpatrick, the minivan himself, <laughs> right? There is a lot of guys that are just going to fill a gap. But that isn't who they want to be long-term with a new general manager and a new head coach or second-year head coach or second-year general manager that you want a veteran. He's a veteran on the streets for a reason. And it's not because, well, he just didn't get along with his offense coordinator. There are some deficiencies these individuals on that list potentially will be. And you don't want your professional career that just started a year and a half ago to be on the line because now you need a quarterback. There's no quarterbacks coming out of the draft next year that are like these guys. And there's definitely no quarterbacks that are scheduled to contracts to expire in 2022 that makes everyone run to the bank and make sure they uh, sell some stocks and shares so they have enough money to sign this, these guys. Those, those guys aren't on that list. All right, I'll bite. You, you, call, uh, you call Fitzpatrick minivan because he's been everywhere or because he's full of children? What do you got for me? <laughs> I got both. He's been everywhere. And he's full of children, right? And and guess what? What for a long for a long family trip? Yeah. That's your guy. But you're not going in any. You're not going to go far. Like it, he's not a guy that you from Charlotte to Florida. I'll take Ryan Fitzpatrick. But if I'm going to Europe, I'm not rolling with Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Steve Smith Sr., your A game is already sharpened, and I cannot wait to see you in Ohio in a couple days with the rest of the crew on NFL Network. Thanks for the call, Steve. Appreciate it. You bet. That's Steve Smith Sr. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever heard Fitzpatrick called the minivan? I have not. I have not. The NFL's minivan. Steve Smith for you, man. <laughs> I like that. Pretty good. You know what? That's an interesting analysis of the Atlanta Falcons, Pretty and I, I want to I want to hit that a little bit more uh, when we come back. And then your phone calls eight four four two zero four rich before our next calls in hour two is from Daniel Jeremiah and John Harbaugh. We're back on Peacock, Sirius XM, Odyssey, or this Westwood One station. Hey, folks! It's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one. 
just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So Sleep Number helps me. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. This is the Rich Eisen Show. The following is a paid advertisement from the International Brotherhood of Bald People. Do you believe that you're missing out on the finer things in life because of your lack of hair? Are confidence, vitality, and love only for the Fabios of this world? Are you sad because you have more hair growing out of your ears and nose than you do on the top of your head? Does hair truly equal happiness? No, it doesn't. Hi, I'm Rich Eisen, and I'm here to say that it's time for the follically challenged to draw a line in the sand and redefine what manhood truly is. Chemical applications, medical procedures, you've tried them all in the desperate hopes of regrowing your hair. The results? An empty wallet and you looking like a Chia pet. However, now there is another option. The Bald Brotherhood. Our motto? No hair? Don't care. That's right, Rich. We're flipping the script because bald is beautiful. And if you're on the fence about shaving your head or removing that lame toupee, our beautiful crisis hotline is standing by to help you take the plunge. These certified, handsome operators will give you free, confidential support anytime, 24-7. They feel your pain. They were once living in the shadows just like you. Bad comb-overs, ridiculous wigs, part of their daily lives. But thanks to the Brotherhood, they're now living their best lives. And you can too. How many championships did Jordan win with hair? Zero. How many win when he was bald? Six. These are stats, baby. Stats and facts. Come on home. It's the Chrome Dome, baby. Shine with me. We got LeBron. Oh, keep him on. Just keep him on line. Hello? 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 LeBron? We lost him. Three and five in the finals, whatever. Hey, I've got Tiger. Thank you, Bald Brotherhood. Balder is better. I couldn't have done it without you, Bald Brotherhood. Thank you. Less is more. Thank you, Bald Brotherhood. Now I'm fresh and clean. Well, I guess I won't be needing this anymore. Thanks, Bald Brotherhood. What can I say? My life has changed. And don't forget, I'm not only the founder of the Bald Brotherhood, I'm also a member. Join the movement now. And as we know, the movement is uh, is going strong. Maybe it's at its zenith. You know, um, the category for uh, best studio host or best studio personality or whatever host for the Emmy Awards. 
Um, the only uh, nominee for this year's uh, trophy that has hair is Rachel Nichols. Ernie, Mike, Scott, yours truly, we are represented. Yay, yay. So all I'm saying, don't hate, congratulate. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Replicate. Replicate. Yes. You know what I'm or that's the topic, if you will, at hand back here on the Rich Eisen Show and this Rich Eisen Show radio affiliate. And we're thrilled to be here also on Peacock and so much more. Um, 844-204-RICH. We'll take your calls in a second. Um, I, I will say this. Atlanta, get your quarterback now because Steve Smith's pointed out that 2022 does not look very promising. It could for other quarterbacks potentially. Uh, doesn't look promising for for as a draftee, but it doesn't look promising. He says free agent wise. Don't forget, just file this away. I don't know how you go from Matt Ryan to this either, though. But I'm just pointing it out. Um, in 2022, uh, I I do believe the 2021 non-playing season hot minute rumor of Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers that I think will only heat up more next year. I think at this point next year. Um, that thing's going to be white hot to the touch, certainly involving Russ in, in Seattle. If things don't go Seattle's way this year. And maybe Atlanta could somehow, some way, get involved in that. I doubt it because they're in the same conference. Just pointing out that these are reasons maybe not to just jump on a quarterback that you might not be totally head over heels consensus in love with in the room when there's Kyle Pitts sitting out there. So... That's just a reading of the room for the Atlanta Falcons. Another fascinating team that's going to be on the clock. Fourth overall, two days from now. Let us go to Art in Louisville, Kentucky. You're here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up, Art? What's up, man? Hey, so if any of us make it to Thursday. Yes. <laughs> yep, that's true. It's nothing's a given. Nothing's like a given. You get a QB. And you get a QB. Correct. And you get a QB. That's right. And, oh, not so fast, my friend. Why? So here's here's my thought on it. San Francisco's got an evil plan. I just, I just partake with me. Yes. We're, we're, I, how I see it is that why wouldn't San Francisco take Kyle Pitts as mm. the third, third pick and then wait to see how far Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, how far they all fall. Like I, this, I don't think anybody's had this kind of take, so I'm going to go with it. Well, if there's, if there's one, go ahead. No, well, Art, I'm just wondering when you said partake with me, do you mean the gummies or the flour? Is that what you're talking <laughs> yeah, about? All of them. When you said all partake with you? Why, because why I, they, I mean, Look, if they're, not, if they're not convinced on one of those quarterbacks, if, they, if they're split between the two like we've been told for, for the last three weeks, <laughs> why would they not take the best person in the draft that's already been donned the gold jacket? Because they'll ne- they, they, first of all, the, the – if they think the hue and cry over taking Mac Jones over Lance and Fields would be deafening to the point that they felt compelled to address that elephant in the room in their pre-draft press conference yesterday, choosing a non-quarterback with all of that, despite Kyle Pitts' immense talents, would put this on a totally seismic chart, certainly since the coach and general manager have basically come out and said twice now in two press conferences that a quarterback is coming. So put it all right. together, Art, um, you know, you, you don't make this move to get more draft capital. You don't give up all that draft capital hoping that somebody comes and knocks on your door and makes you whole again and you're back to just square one with Jimmy G after putting 
Jimmy G's future uh, squarely in the crosshairs of a conversation nationally for four weeks. That just is not going to happen. But you have to leave the door open in case somebody says, I'll give you my entire draft for third overall. And then you you have to look at each other in the room and say, "Ah, it's crazy we're even considering putting this genie back in the bottle. But maybe we have to. You know what I mean? Like, that's entirely possible, Art. But... um, I, I think you, you're, have to you're, do... you're not wrong on that. Okay. I, I just look if, if you go if you go third and you take pits and you just wait to see where the other one lands. You know, especially look, it's Mac Jones. He's he's there's not there's to me it's not a proven product. But well, if he if he drops down to ten and we know who ten is and I, I I just try to get excited in the room, you know. But if if it goes ten and there's like, you know, you know who we're talking about. No, I know, Art, and, and I appreciate the call, and thank you, and uh, you know, um, I, I appreciate your two cents, but I, I couldn't think that this is more of a, of a, it, it's, it's far afield of what's going to happen, and I don't mean Justin. Hey, <laughs> right now, let's go to uh, uh, Jeff in Detroit. What's up, Jeff? How you been, brother? Hey, what's going on, Unc, my cousins? How's everybody? Yes, yes, you guys. Jeff. Listen, Steve Smith is worth his weight in gold. His skills in the booth translate straight from the field, man. And that guy, I really understand him. And here, when, whenever he explains something on your program, I pick it up so so seamlessly. He's a really, really good guy when you're having him on. Kyle Shanahan, man. Wow. I mean, somebody should send him a Dodger uniform or Vince Vaughn poster because that guy, when you go deaf opposed to not answering the question, unk. Come on now. And then how does Jimmy G feel in this situation? Well, I mean, Jimmy G, you know, uh, and Shanahan said in his first press conference uh, four weeks ago that they've already had a conversation. He knows the writing's on the wall. And the question, you know, that came to Shanahan saying, is he going to be on the roster Sunday? And Shanahan saying, we may, you know, a meteor could essentially hit us all, you know, just to, just to summarize the spirit of his comments about we could all, you know, everybody could be dead on Sunday and there's no guarantees in life. Um comes from the fact that there is a hot rumor and that's why people think that that confirms it's Mac Jones because Mac Jones is the one that could be starting right away and that him basically not saying for guarantee Jimmy's of course going to be on the roster Sunday means that they're going to take Mac Jones and put him in right now right here right now and just rip the rip the band-aid off and have an expensive backup which I still don't believe they're going to do who knows There's, but but the Quick whole point of, but you, the whole though. point Quick of that question. is you sure Jeff go for it I was wondering, is Justin Fields suffering from the Dwayne Haskins kind of fallout? No doubt. Because I'm no figuring doubt. if he... No, hmm? no doubt, Jeff. And I, I'm sorry, I got to... Oh, yeah, I, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, if he would have worked out in Washington, became this quarterback that everybody oh, wanted him to no be, question. it would be a no-brainer. Justin Fields would probably be number 12. And I appreciate the call. No questions asked. Jeff, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm up against the uh, end of the hour here on our radio affiliates. Uh, there's no doubt about it, but that's absurd. He's def- he's a different human being. He came from Georgia first. And by the way, Ryan Day, as Kirk Herbstreit pointed out yesterday, is beyond um, beyond respected in the NFL. And it- it's unfair, but I do think that Fields is definitely uh, mm-hmm. suffering from that. Daniel Jeremiah coming up next. But the question is, Jimmy G going to be on the roster? That was Chris Collinsworth saying yesterday. He does not. He 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 says that Jimmy G's ticketed for New England, and he can, it's going to happen. I am not interested in that as a Pats fan. I hear you. I hear you. That might not be a bad reunion. I don't know. 
it makes no sense because I think that they've seen what their offense can look like with Cam, and I think they're going to go in that direction. Yeah. What do you do? You know, you covet what you see, right? To use the silence of the lambs phrase. Sure. And it's a copycat league. And, you know, if, if Bill saw what the Ravens can do to him, as he did two seasons ago in that Sunday night game where the Ravens, you know, wound up being the one seed and John Harbaugh is going to join us the next hour. And he's seeing all that. And that's the new wave offense that's coming. Why would he, after 20 years of the pocket passer like Brady, not go for this multi-talented, multifaceted person? That's why you're hearing he's trying to trade up for Fields or Lance or what yeah. have you. Yeah. Obviously, Nick Saban did it, yeah. you know. And the, but then he went with Mac Jones too, so he's sending the the next so-called Brady to the next level too. But I I I think that that's why the question's being asked: Is Jimmy G going to be on the roster? Because that's another way that people might be informed of the choice that's coming. And Shanahan was having none of it, because he can do nothing but tell the truth these days. He is meet the parents, and there it is. That's me <laughs> asking Kyle the questions. There he is, hooked up. Chris, there it is, right there. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I like it. I like the this the De Niro look that I've got phenomenal. going on. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's me. We're all. I, I represent all the media. Asking right. Kyle the question. Send that to me, please. There it is. Because he he cannot tell. He's like the George Washington of coaches right now. <laughs> oh my god! Cannot tell a lie. And uh, we just got to all take it in right now because you never know. You know, it's so fragile. Life's so fragile. I cannot believe that was his response. I'm telling you, that was when he's finally had enough. Yeah, can can was... we trust my decision-making here, people? Just le- just don't box me in. I don't want to tell you anything, and there's a reason why I don't want to tell you anything. I have my reasons. I've got this. Of all the things that I thought he might say, wasn't even on my I know, radar. but he, I think it's just that finally he's like, I've got this, everybody, okay? That's why you've hired me. That's why Jed York gave me this contract. I've shown a track record. I've got this. You want Tom Sula back or not? Literally, I think he wants to scream that into a microphone. (laughs) Literally. 